Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sex, Lies, and Spray Tans with me, Cheryl Burke, and iHeartRadio podcast. This guest really needs no introduction. She won Dancing with the Stars season seven in 2010 with Derek Huff and gave him his first Mirrorball trophy and became the co-host straight after for seven seasons. She is an amazing mother, has a fitness empire. She's a philanthropist and entrepreneur, CEO and founder of the wellness app, host of Full Us, coming to CW and a dear friend with the soul of an angel. Please welcome Brooke Burke, No We're Not Sisters, to the show. Okay, my sister from another mister. We are not sisters, or I wish we were, right? We're not sisters, are we? Well, it feels like we are. We're the Burks. We're the Burks, man. <laughs> exactly. We're Burke squared. I mean, what can you say? The Burks are back. Remember all of That's our right. different... Another like mother, another father, or, you know, who, who cares? It's who just cares? Us. Sister... <laughs> I mean, whatever. We're we're family. And we're family because just so you know, this podcast is called Sex, Lies, and Spray Tans. Very um, I would say fits perfectly with the Dancing with the Stars uh time in our lives. Hey. Totally. Uh, <laughs> but before we even get there, I guess, you know, there's so much I want to ask, obviously, but it's not Dancing with the Stars related. However, we're gonna get there first. We're gonna skip past little Brooke Burke. Okay. And we're going to go to when you first did Wild on E. That's when I first saw you. And I was like, who's this sex bomb? And it was, I was a huge fan. And I guess, you know, what made you want to, first of all, be in the entertainment industry in general? Let me go way back, Cheryl. (laughs) Go way, way back. Come on. It's not that far back. And find that girl again. Thank you. Um, kind of by accident, to be really transparent, I never thought I would be in the, in the entertainment industry. I thought I was going to be a businesswoman, which I am now. Now I'm both. Um, I studied broadcast journalism and business marketing in school. But I um, did a random photo shoot as a young woman. I think I was a young girl, actually. And started modeling, and that segued into commercials, and that segued into that one random audition for Wild On. I didn't even know what the show was, and it was one of those meetings, which I know you can relate, that you don't really know what you're getting yourself into, so I didn't take it too seriously, so I didn't bring fear 
and desperation. I don't right. even think I brought intention with me back then because I didn't understand how to manifest. I just showed up like in a t-shirt and a pair of jeans and had an amazing meeting, which lasted a couple hours. And the meeting, meeting ended with the EP saying, do you want to go to Spain and do a trial show? And I was like, um, yes. <laughs> and I didn't know shit about shit about how to host or what I was going to do. Or I, I didn't even have on-camera skills. So I went and just kind of learned along the way and had a zest for life. And it was reality TV before reality TV. So really, we were just making it up. And I think that was one of the great parts of Wild On, that we were really on a location. We were really passionate tourists. We were really wanting to unpack the best of that destination. And we just kind of made it up. <laughs> That's amazing. I know. So what did you learn most about yourself during this time? So I know I remember you telling me that you were pregnant was it what? like towards the end of your time there or was it the very beginning? I actually found out I was pregnant right after I signed my deal. So I was wow. pregnant during my first, you know, nine months on the show, but I, you know, people don't know it. We're pregnant for so long before it's visual. Right. So it was like less and less and less of me. And then eventually it was just me. Um, <laughs> just like my, my mug on camera. So that was a life changing time in my life not only because I was pregnant for the first time, but I was also learning a new skill set. I was really young, really naive. I hope I never lose that spirit of a child and that zest that I had for being that sort of zest for discovery, because I, I think that was what made that show work. And so many people lose sight of, of the joy and, and, you know, and what they're doing. So I was just really open-minded, really courageous, yeah. really, really naive. Um, but success kind of worked. I mean, thank you. I, I loved what I was doing. I think that showed. Um, I really enjoyed it. And so when you yeah. love what you're doing, you can't really fake that. And God knows we don't love every gig that we get. And sometimes you have to be professional and just make it work. But I just run out every single show and every destination and every opportunity there. And eventually I had to unpack my bags because I got pregnant with Sierra and it was just, it was a hard show. We did 40 countries in two years. Um, and it was time to start doing other things. So then I did a whole stint of other shows at mm -hmm. E um, and just kept learning along the way, to be honest. It's funny that you say that because I remember my first time on Dancing with the Stars seasons two and three. I mean, on paper, that was when I was the most successful because it was also that feeling of what do I have to compare it to? Like my goal was never to become a uh, television personality on Dancing with the Stars. Like that was never a thing. And I was just purely love my love for ballroom and it, it just happened to be that they wanted to recruit more dancers but the point is is that as I continued on my journey on dancing and became more uh heady and more like I need another mirror about like getting a little bit uh forgetting the reason I was there in the first place and it became I, it, it, I definitely have had different phases of my time on dancing where it was like purely just for the celebrity which is when you're the most successful then mm -hmm. I became a little bit like okay well 
you know, my ego got in the way, like I'll totally admit that. And then it was like, okay, how can I, 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 so my intention changed, which then changed in the result of things. And then when I became sober was another chapter of like seeing everything clearly and then wondering like, what am I doing? We can't like, why am I even doing this? Like, is this something that I even still want to do? So the point I'm trying to make here is I understand you when you say that you were like, there was this freedom, right? There was this freedom and you didn't have anything to compare it to, I'm assuming. And that's probably why you were very successful at that time as well. You're, you're, you're so right. And so honest. I'm thinking about all of the things that you just said. When you like lose sight of why you're doing what you're doing, was it for joy and dance and expression and rhythm and the partnership and supporting the celebrity or was it about the freaking mirrorball, right? So I, I think that's so honest, Cheryl. And, and for me, when I was... 20, I think I was 27 and hosting that show, I was just on a world tour, meeting people, having fun, discovering, trying new foods, fascinated by culture, geography. I was like a little girl from Arizona. Like I remember going to the Bahamas. It was in my modeling career. It wasn't like a family vacation. Like I grew up super simple life and not so privileged. And so, you know, our family adventures were like a road trip up the mountain in our hometown, which was cool. It was different, but I was so excited just to see the world. And I, I hope that translated. I, I think that it did. And yeah, it did. I, I can't speak about that enough to younger people or mentoring people. Or when people ask me for advice, it's like, find something that you love. And if you're not lucky enough to love what you do, find joy in what you're doing, because we smell that we see that there's authenticity, right? Like, we are attracted, I think, to authenticity. And, and, and by and the way, you can't lie like the people at home. And this is the same thing on Dancing with the Stars. The fans at home know that if you if the chemistry between you and your partner is real yeah. or not, like you can't hide that no matter how many smiles and rhinestones and beaded fringe you're going to use and wigs and fake eyelashes and sex lies and spray tans. It doesn't matter. It, it People can see between it all. And that's um, that is the beauty of reality television. And that's also it's also <laughs> if you really take a look back and step back from this whole process you're like okay well then you have no choice but to be you and and you you meaning your unique self as whoever that is right your authenticity so So speaking of when okay so first of all you so i'm only mentioning this because i have gone through a public divorce as well and Mm. you know during your time on e this is when you were you already married to garth your first husband I was, let's see, I had Naraya pregnant with Sierra, got married. Um, I, I think I, I, I had left E. See, it's all such a blur because we disconnect totally so much fine. from the monumental <laughs> events in our life. I believe I was hosting Rockstar at the time. And yes, it was very public. And I had just signed on to do that Mark Burnett show on CBS. And it was, it was a really high time in my life and in my career. So there was a lot going on, going back in time. Also, it was a big paparazzi moment where things were just different. And I was stepping into a more prestigious you know, platform for me in, in entertainment. So yeah, it was, it was a fabulous time in my career and a really fucked up time in real life. Yeah. No, I can't, I can't even imagine. And was there like, so how did you handle that? And then on top of it all, also obviously divorcing David as well, right? Going through that divorce. And 
also being able to put a brave, not a brave face, because you are you, you are your authentic self, I think, regardless, yeah. but still you have to put a brave face on regardless, you have to, the show must go on is my yeah. point. How no, did right. you, how you're did right. you do that? Like how, like during Dancing with the Stars, did, was there already like some rough patches happening? Like, how were you able to just say, you know what, this is what I'm going to do. And this is what I'm going to do. Meaning like, I'm going to leave everything at home. And then when I'm going to be professional, when I no, go you're, to work. You're, you're spot on. And it's such an amazing conversation. I love time with you. And I love being able to have these very public conversations because there's little things that come up when you and I connect and maybe that's just friendship and trust and whatnot. But this is a big, um, a big topic for people to really understand. And I, I, the woman that I am now in my fifties and all the work that I've done, I, I realized how disconnected I was back then and how much I compartmentalized things and why I was able to host live television and do it well. And I would ask you the same thing out there in front of the world. I mean, we were on one of the greatest shows on television at the time. And it was like idol dancing when there was a moment where we had like 18 million viewers, like, Think about it. We don't see those kind of numbers. That's pressure. That's a massive responsibility. What we were doing, counting on our body, performing, being there for other, like just a huge, huge responsibility. Um, so many times I had gunfire going off in my head. And when you talk about game face, like I was able to have a child or two crawling up my makeup chair, Anisha going on over here, uh, another emotional breakdown over here and pull it together when it was three, two, one live, like we're on. And I was able to do what I did professionally and separate my personal life and my professional life. I do think there's value in that. And I demand that from people that work with me and for me, like you got, don't bring your personal stuff to work, but the human side of me as a woman, as a human, it's, it's, it's a skill and the woman that I am today, I'm more connected now. So I always wonder if I could do that now the way I did it back then, you know, we just wrapped a show in Vegas and it was a live audience. It reminded me very much of Dancing with the Stars. In fact, the live stage crew was the same. So it felt like coming home in many ways, but I had asked myself, Cheryl, cause it's been a minute since I've been on stage and since I've hosted a live show, I asked myself, am I going to be, good like am I going to be able to do what I normally do because I'm so connected now like I meditate now I'm clear I'm aware I'm aware of around me I feel energy like I have all these new and different and amazing um superpowers now I think that I didn't have back then and you know what it was amazing. It was, it was so much better. It was so different. And I'm telling you that because I know you so well and so personally and what we hide behind and what, you know, our cover, our game face, whatever you want to call it. It was such a different experience. It was better. And I don't know. I, I guess my Did life it make you want to uh, open the door again to possibly hosting? Like if Dancing with the Stars asked you to come back as a co-host, would oh, you God. say yes? <laughs> Let's make some headlines. Um, God, that's a really hard question. And I have asked myself that. And other it's people not, have it's asked just a yes or no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> really? No. Um, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no really? if you wanted a yes or no. Really? But the no is because the no is because of the exit. The no is because of style. The no is because of integrity and respect. Hmm. 
to yourself integrity and respect to um, yourself just to myself and to process it's like leaving that show no let me rephrase that being let go of that show um the timing the way the process the conversation it just it was it was um such a pivot in my life and an opportunity that I made the most of because I took all the memories, all the experiences. I had great relation relationships on the dance floor, behind the scenes production. It was just such a like a oh my god, you know, to get a phone call in the middle of like prepping for season. So, I, I what, so little, what happened, Brooke? Like, let's just I rewind. Was, I was a little, a little jarring. Um, which part what happened which part so people like dancing with the stars fans who are the ones listening to this podcast they want to know because they were also like look people are emotionally invested in dancing with the stars and and this is why i'm doing this podcast honestly it's not to badmouth the show by any means however it is to get bring the fans behind the scenes with me coming from Mm -hmm. a show that has been a part of my life for half my life for 17 years and to be honest i think that people tend to and I have the same connection and I almost get attached to these people you see every season and you were one of the faces you know you and Tom Bergeron to be quite honest and Len Goodman there's some staples right that you just want to see because it's like the cast of friends if you were to do friends without Monica without Jennifer Aniston or her name's not really Monica but anyway you know what I mean you know what I'm saying and all of a sudden you replace them with two other friends it's just never going to be the same you won't bring that nostalgic feeling back and when you got let go there were so many unanswered I I guess, um, questions that not just I'm sure you had, but I had the pro dancers had as a community and the fans. And so let's just make it clear right here. And now like what happened so that we can have closure at least. Um, so many questions that are going to stay unanswered after we have this conversation. Cause you know, you never really know entertainment is a funny thing. You can get fired, let go. Um, and, and, and never get a clear answer or they're like, there's an etiquette of communicating. There's sort of like an etiquette of managing business in life. I'm not sure that entertainment <laughs> falls into that category. But what is um, your, your I, theory is my question, I guess. My theory. Well, and, and I also, I mean, just going back for a second, I really understand the confusion and the way that um, audiences are left hanging when there's change. Um, I would have preferred there would have I would have preferred there had been some public discussions leading up to it because it's okay to change hosts. I really do believe that. I think you change hosts when there's a reason or a need or a pivot. Um, but I sort of feel like it should be a community exchange and a in com- a community. Um, uh, I feel like the news would have been. I'm I'm stammering here because it's it's it's. It's difficult, and I and I know you have the same challenge in unpacking these conversations for obvious reasons with the show. Um, so just to be direct, so you know we were like getting ready for season, like painting the dressing room, like everybody was booked, glam hair, makeup, my life um, carved out, like ready to rock and roll. And I think it was maybe two weeks before season, which is not like months. Like we're talking, we're getting ready to start production. So when I got the call um, that morning that I wouldn't be coming back, it was unexpected. Um, 
I wasn't given a reason. I think that's the frustrating part. It would have been one thing if I sucked at the job or I had an issue or I had a falling out or I was a diva or really complicated to work with or the audience just straight up didn't like me. Like there wasn't really a reason. So I got that news. And then my inner dialogue was like, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, it's almost like you're waiting for just the respect of here's what we're doing and here's the reasons. And not that I was owed a reason why, but of just course in you the were. process of, as an artist. Of course um, you were owed that, Brooke. Well, you know, not everybody, not every, there are a lot of reasons not to give someone an explanation when you're letting them go because there's also other complicated issues that follow follow that so what was that feeling in your body when when like what was the initial reaction in your body do you remember it was a shock confusing frustrating and then i i I was just sort of like "Ooh, wait wait now what i think i was in the middle of building a house i had carved out the time with my family there were personal parts of it that nobody gets to read or breathe right it wasn't just oh they're replacing me and i'm not going to be hosting dancing with it was like wait a minute i i haven't had an opportunity to secure any other work this is a year of my life that i plan for because i show up on time with professionalism with full uh, you know i'm like all into everything i didn't feel like i was met with the same respect that i gave the show so that's what was frustrating um and what i would have liked would have been to have a very adult respectful conversation that would have went something like we're not going to renew your contract we're we're making some changes we're looking at some new people and we just want to give you a heads up and if you'd like to support that publicly great should we make an announcement together great i honestly would have accepted it respected it and been all on board um so it was just it was shocking yeah, no, and, and I, by the way, and the audience didn't dig it either, as we all know. No, they didn't. And I'm getting tons of questions about it to this day. <laughs> and honestly, when people found out that I was interviewing you, you know, these are the questions. And, you know, I'm interviewing Tom Bergeron next week, and it's going to be even more of this. And this is the yeah. thing. And it's like, Tom was amazing, by the way. Tom and I spoke that day. And oh, you I'm did? I'm a person where, you know, I find the sweetness in things. I find the purpose. I find the lesson. I'm not a victim. I've never been a victim. So I wasn't like, what the fuck? I was sort of like, whoa, now what? Um, Let me figure out why. Of course, I had that inner dialogue. Did I do a great job? Was I a competent host? Why, you know, why wasn't there a love fest with me going on in production? I thought there was all of those questions. But what I did was make, I don't want to say light of it, but we had a little humor in it and Tom and I were on the phone that afternoon chatting and I was like, you know, guess who just left the ballroom? I think I made a social media announcement and I was like, we oh, just got eliminated. I think you said we just got eliminated and people are like, wait, what? So I think the audience shared that, um, that surprise with me. And I, and I do want to say that it was an important pivotal moment for me in my life because it allowed me to go back to the drawing board and find other creative things to do, reinvent myself once again, which is really important. Um, I thought the style in which it happened was was shitty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
No. And, and that's the thing. It's like, what, what's the point? Where's the point? Do you separate business versus personal? But at the end of the day, I just don't know if I believe in that 100%, especially when you're part of a brand for so many uh, years. And it's like, you can't do that in my eyes because like you, especially as artists, like you can't separate the artistry and the emotion to then, okay, let's just talk business. This is our business right? Like this is the thing. It's like we act, maybe react on our emotions and not everyone can separate all of that. And the audience doesn't get to see that. It's like in the entertainment, we're all replaceable and you better know that's not true. I don't believe that either. That's not true. I think in the entertainment business, I don't mean that, I don't mean that it's, we are replaceable in the energy of the of the flow of a show but i'm saying at any given time talent can be fired and replaced that absolutely. is absolutely that's but what i meant I, right and i hear you but when it comes to dancing with the stars this is a different um conversation because there is this longevity that not every show in this in, in this industry has so like for example like the friends example but then also you can't just go get another pro dancer i mean you can i know but then you have something to compare it to you know like you know with all the new pros this season too it's like okay but then people want to you know people are like they miss seeing i'm not saying faces. it's for the higher good of the show which is where i'll agree right. Right. So, got it. I'm got saying it. that it's in the power of production and absolutely. It might be a bad idea for the show. I mean, you were on the show since season one. Would there been a sense of all trajectory of you having other roles on the show? Duh. Yeah. It's like, but not everybody. Listen, you might not say it. I'm going to say it, but not everybody sees it that way. And we, as entertainers and artists, we are hired and often fired without explanation and that's just how it goes in our in our business and nobody likes to let somebody go nobody likes to fire somebody it pains me when i get rid of an employee but i meet them with respect and human conversation that's it but when it comes to like your relationship with tom bergeron a lot of people have also asked if you guys have stayed in touch throughout the years we have yeah I mean, I feel like Tom was an incredible mentor, an amazing partner for me. I have so much respect for him as a co-host. He always welcomed me, supported me. A lot of people have ego in that space where it's all about them and having a co-host is a little bit risky. Um, I will always um, meet Tom with gratitude and I consider him a friend. And yes, in fact, we used to have um, martinis and get together to have a meal and have drinks in Malibu when we could. But, you know, coast to coast, we we've lost touch a little bit. Um, I have just wonderful things and admiration for Tom and we had such an awesome relationship and he was an incredible co-host. Incredible. Yeah. No, it's so important. Like, you, you read that also on camera, right? I mean, you got to have a relationship. Yes, I mean, like, I mean, even my fans, I mean, anyone who's listening right now, (laughs) I mean, anyone who's listening right now can exactly tell you who didn't have chemistry um, versus who had chemistry. And I'm so trying not to be sassy, but I know you're reading my mind. It's like the last time I made a comment about Tyra Banks, it was like everywhere. It was like headline after headline after headline. What was your comment? I said something about a diva not having placement in the, as a host in the ballroom, <laughs> but I don't find, I don't find being a deep for me, diva. Diva is a it, great is thing. Like goddess. Like I don't find yeah. diva to be insulting, but if you're a diva and you don't know it, like, I don't see why that was a bad thing. I, I well, it's not. And, and then you, whatever you said was true because it's like, she didn't know the show <laughs> and still doesn't. So anyway, much love to her though. 
Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A., I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So prior to you was Samantha Harris. Do you know mm-hmm. what happened there? Like, I don't, I heard you do an interview and you said there was like a whole audition process. Was this true? Like for, for the spot of you being a co-host? Yeah, I will say that she was so elegant and she was so wonderful in that very difficult situation in 
um, supporting me as a woman. Um, I'm sure it was a very, very tough transition to be hosting that caliber of a show and to lose that opportunity. And I say that because I went through it as well. Um, and I was very surprised at who replaced me, but it's just, you know, you never know why production does what they're doing. There was right. a massive audition for Dancing with the Stars for the host. And to give you a little bit of insight, I wasn't asked to audition to host the show. So this was coming they, off your win, right? With they Derek. were not going to have me audition, not because they weren't considering me. I, I was coming off of my win. I think I'd won the Mirabal Trophy the season prior. They were replacing Samantha and they went out so far and so wide. I'm talking like from country music, like stars to A-listers to comedic actresses, every single female that was a host and not auditioned for this gig. And I remember calling the EP and saying, without my manager even, this was like a very personal in the Dancing with the Stars family kind of a call saying, I want to audition. And they're like, why? You don't need to audition. We know you're hosting Chops. We know you're a great host. You know, we know you're, you're, you're a Dancing with the Stars, like Queen, Mirabal Trophy. And why you don't have to audition, Brooke. And I go, no, everybody else is going to audition. I want that chemistry test with Tom. And I, it's not beneath me. And there's no ego in this. And I really want to audition. And they were like, okay. And so when I went into audition, first of all, I was shocked at how many people came in and auditioned for this gig. Wait, was Tom? So it was with Tom? It was with Tom. I know. And I want to tell you, you weren't just given this from your win. See, I didn't know what to believe here because I swear you didn't know anybody knows it. Nobody knows this probably. So there's a big lesson in this people who are listening. If you want something, you got to be outside of the box and you've got to give yourself every opportunity. I knew that I had chemistry with Tom and I knew that on camera we would light up. I knew that I could host, but so could a bunch of other people. So I knew the nature of the beast. I knew how to live and breathe dancing. I knew the fear. I knew the adrenaline. I knew, I knew what it was like to be on the other side of it, which gave me an amazing opportunity to come onto a show and host because I knew how difficult it was to be in the, box the balcony i forget what you call sky it box. So the skybox i knew what it was like emotionally on the other side of it which gave me a different set of colors as a host but the reason why i wanted to audition is because i knew that tom and i had chemistry and that if they saw us on camera it was either gonna i, I knew that that was gonna work i still needed to i felt like i needed to earn that gig who were some of the people that you saw in that in that audition room um uh, everyone Cheryl um, like like were they contestants on the show no I'm talking house country music artists like um, I'm, I'm, I'm like not Faith even, like, Hill no not like a <laughs> Kelly Faith Clarkson thank God, thank God Faith Hill did not audition no but I mean it was like it was like every every everybody under the sun I, I was surprised but like Wait, name one person Brooke name one person this is fascinating to me um uh, uh, Winona Judd. Winona Judd? <laughs> no kidding. That's what I saw. I was like, oh my God, Winona Judd is auditioning. Um, wait, Spice what? World. Um, wait. Um, Mel B? Mel B. And then she was ass. a contestant. Was she a contestant already, though? She must have been. I can't remember. Um, Who knows? But I want to no. say, like, like, 
I hope I'm naming names properly too, like Maria Menounos, like like everybody that's got chops or recognition, celebrities, totally. musicians, like everyone. So oh I let myself really want that gig. And it was one of the first times that I poured intention and desire and prayed on it. And I was the kind of person in my career where I sort of rolled with opportunities and showed up and did a great job. And I was definitely all in, but I didn't allow myself to want things that I felt were out of my control. And in this instance, I knew that it made sense. I wanted to host that show. I wanted it bad. And I let myself really pour like love and energy and desire into that. And so that was an amazing run. From all of this, like all of what we just talked about, what is the greatest lesson um, you learned from when you were co-host to from when you got let go? Um, I think that having hosted, I don't even remember if it was seven or eight seasons. It's seven. I already restocked you last night. Um, I have to ask you, did you audition for host? No. Okay. I didn't know that there was a, such a thing. So what did I learn? I, 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 I want to choose my words carefully, but this is really honest. And so I, I always want to. That's why I love you. I'm, I think you know, I'm pretty honest. Um, there were moments and I, and I want to say dancing with the stars at the time was like one of the top shows on television, idol dancing with the stars. Like we were crushing it. And I was so lucky to have that gig to host a live show two days a week. Um, the exposure, the opportunities, the endorsement opportunities, like everything that I'm, that I created from that platform was a blessing. And there were times hosting that show where I was like, to myself, oh, I'm not feeling that creative and it's it's live and I don't know how much of myself I really get to bring and I'm not having really creative meetings with the producers and it wasn't like, oh, wow, 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 but I was just like, oh, live television, you know, there's not enough time to really bring like creative process my my point is there were times where i wasn't i didn't like show up in gratitude every single day i was sort of like slightly getting bored and i look back now and it's like i loved the show i loved the dancers or the relationships i loved the, the artistry of it it's hard to do season after season after season after season and not want a little bit more not want to do it a little bit differently not want to challenge yours. I like challenge, right? I wanted to stretch my chops and on a live show, there's no room to do that. So I sort of feel like my, my lesson, sorry, this is long winded. I, no, I hope no, it's this is all sense. great. I relate to I, everything that you're I hope saying. It's going to make sense to people. My lesson was just be careful how you receive and accept and how you bask in opportunities and blessings, because I was telling myself that I was ready for more, something different. Unfortunately, there wasn't more or something better. There was different. But after a show like that, that was kind of like top hosting gigs. You know, America's Got Talent Live, amazing. I don't, I mean, what, what else, The Voice, like what else is there really? But in that, that's not more though, to me in my eyes, that's just doing another job of exactly. the same caliber. So you got what you asked for. Now, do you think that you came to this conclusion feeling this uh feeling behind the scenes of like you know i don't feel wanted here anymore or i don't feel appreciated it's a great question cheryl i felt appreciated i felt valued i felt like i did a good job i didn't really 
understand it, but clearly I wasn't wanted there anymore or I would have still been there. If someone's in love with you, they're not letting you go. So because I'm a realist, I had to like have that come to Jesus moment going, what the fuck? I thought everybody really loved me over there. And now they're letting I mean, me go. I it's did. like that country love song, right? Yeah. You're not breaking up with the person that you're madly in love with. You're just not. So, and I get budget, got it. I get change, got it. I get sports, got it. Um, for all the reasons that I could assume. Um, You're referring to Aaron Andrews, I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, clearly you go from me to Aaron Andrews to Tyra Banks, like, what the F? Like, I mean, I, so I don't know. I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. Thank you for being so open. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. 
I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So let's rewind even further back, though I'm not going in actual like order, um, which is not great for my OCD brain. But you know what? We're just going with the flow. Derek Little Huff at the time. (laughs) He had not won his mirror ball trophy, though he was like hungry for it. I guess, you know, because me and you went through... um, we, we have a rebirth of our friendship, which is a beautiful thing. And I consider you definitely my, like, I have a handful and you're part of the handful. Um, so I, I know this, which I didn't know actually until we reunited, but like you basically talk about, you talked to me about how you and Derek went to therapy, right? Mm-hmm. And I find this freaking fascinating because I, as you know, I'm a huge advocate for therapy. I mean, honestly, this is why I'm so open and why I can be open without being, um, without feeling any shame. It just helps, right? To talk about it. And what's so fascinating about this is like, first of all, when the hell did you have time? Second of all, like Derek was like, probably, I don't know if Derek, I I don't know if Derek's a huge advocate for therapy. I don't know. I would assume back then maybe it was like really weird, right? Like, first of all, like, how did you even, what made it get there? One. And well, then it was kind of more um, life, life coachy, you know, than you know, life coach therapy, whatever. It was part of the show. It was part of the package. Right. It's not that we wanted to go. We weren't, we just weren't connected. We weren't gelling. We were having issues, you know, on ca- off camera and, and, and rehearsals. He was exhausted. He was recording an album at night. I had a three month old baby. I was fried up all night training all day um as much as i love dance i didn't have any professional training so my body was like depleted i was also hormonal he was exhausted he, he was a baby he had never won a mirabal trophy he wasn't super um confident i think in his own abilities there was just a lot of things happening you know i was a woman and a mother i felt like he was a young man we just we weren't meeting each other in a place that was serving us. So we went to sort of this life coach therapy session and I was surprised that it never aired because I thought it was super real and super valuable. And I think the audience would have loved it. And production, of course, you know, um, killed that whole package. And what we learned, Cheryl, was so valuable. And the life coach taught me something during that challenge that I took with me and I applied to my life all the time. Um, I actually wrote a chapter in my book called, you know, it was my Mirabal Trophy chapter, but there were so many life lessons 
the life coach had said you have to meet each other with honesty. And that meant when we showed up exhausted for rehearsals, fried, tapped, insecure, scared, like the whole thing. I had so many things going on, which you'll never know as a pro, Cheryl, but week after week on that show, I never thought if I was going to pull it off. Every week I was like, oh my God, I'm never going to learn this dance. Oh my God, this is so hard. Why don't I go do, why don't I go do something easy? I'm going to make fool myself. I'm going to forget. Like, I, it goes on and on and on. And then I'm sure Derek, the same thing. He's working so hard. What if the celebrity blows it? I've worked so hard. I want to win that Nobel trophy. What if she's not good enough? Like, no, but it's, it's also so like, are, are we good enough? Like, is the choreography good enough? Like, we question ourselves as dancers and artists all the time, just so you know, totally. similar but different vocabulary. I'm sure. And I always had as a woman compassion for the other side of it, his role. And I think as a young man, he might not have had compassion for what I was going through. But the, but the advice was this. Um, she said, show up in the morning, exhausted, tired, scared, in a bad fucking mood, pissed off. And when your partner says to you, hi, how are you? Answer the question, honestly, instead of, I'm fine. All right, let's get to work. She wanted us to meet each other with, hey, brother, what's up? How are you? She wanted me to be able to say, I'm exhausted. I don't have the energy to be here. My baby was crying all night. My family misses me. I'm fucking scared. I don't know this routine. You're being mean. <laughs> I'm not okay. Because when you're honest with someone, can you imagine if I would have said, Derek, how are you? It would have been like, I had a really hard night. I have another career. I'm working on the music. I'm not confident in this choreography. I know this is hard for you. I'm really tired. I just drove three hours to get to the studio. I have no life. I don't know how I am. I would have looked at him and went, oh my God, let's just chill out for a second. Let's like go make a cup of tea. And you know what? Let's figure this out because we're both in it together. He might've looked at me and went, I know this is really scary for you. And it's both of us out there and I got you. Like there's something amazing that happens when you meet someone with truth and honesty. But that I don't know if the awareness is there in general. Oh my God. Right? Like, how about you just, have to be aware. How about just stop saying I'm fine and freaking faking it? I so hate that. The other thing that she said, which was invaluable, was she said, you guys are not in this to win it. And we weren't, Cheryl. He was really scared and insecure and didn't think he, he just thought, let's stick around for as long as we can. We're not going to win the Mirabal Trophy. Is that what he said out loud? <laughs> he would say that out loud? No, but I mean, I, I knew his young You mind. felt it. I knew he wasn't competing to win i knew it was an opportunity for both of us i was there to get to know america in a different way i think he was there because it was a great gig as a dancer I won't speak for him i don't think people sign up for dancing with the stars to win the mirabal trophy it's not even attainable you don't even think it's possible so she said to us the life coach said you're both here and you're committed to being here you might as well freaking get in it to win it and we were like Oh, <laughs> we, I swear we had a meeting of the minds and we made a commitment and promised and promised to meet each other with honesty and compassion. And then we decided to win. Just so like he showed that. up. So he, so this was a full on verbal discussion, verbal discussion of practice. We did it. She said, get connected, be honest, change God, your mindset. Didn't show this and get didn't show this show never aired it. Yeah. And my husband at the time, David was like, you need to go and talk to Derek. You guys need to get out of your funk. You need to go connect before, before performance, because we were completely disconnected and we were in our own world. And yet we were a partnership. 
We were a team. But you guys were both scared. And yet we weren't behaving like teammates. So as soon as we changed our mindset and as soon as we got in it to win it, and as soon as we met each other with honesty, something magical happened. Um, and we found faith, I think, in each other, at least I did. And we just decided to win. Wait, what week was this? Do you remember what dance? So what dance, um, when you guys switched and you had that pivotal moment, what week were you going into? It was before the semifinals, I think. Got it. Yeah. And so what did Derek, I guess, what was it like? So before, because you guys were both vulnerable and scared because Derek was scared in a different way. You were scared and it was hard to voice it, I think, because of like Derek, for sure, I would assume because of being that young and also I've experienced it myself as ego, you don't ever want to show your celebrity or your student that you feel scared because then like in a way, you know, subconsciously you're thinking, well, then who do they have to lean on if the coach is scared? That's only going to make the celebrity scared, right? Even more scared. I don't know if he was smart enough and well-rounded enough at the time being so young what was that conversation like from Derek he was really tough and was really hard on me I'm okay with tough love he did not love me through routines and support me and tell me that it was amazing he was brutally honest and it made me better to the point where he was like look at your hands you're gonna go out there and you're with that with that shape that just was not going to do. And I'd be like, <laughs> he wanted more. Hands. Give me he more. Like, <laughs> he wanted like everything to be like, you know, to be perfect and elegant and my toe to be pointed and my arches. I mean, he dissected every single thing and I could take it. So, so I can't say I was enjoying it. It was not fun, but I, I became a bit of a perfectionist with him and I worked really hard to make sure that everything was to the best of my ability and it was not fun <laughs> how did that affect your marriage um it was great for my marriage i had very little time i was exhausted at night but david really knew how to show up um That's awesome my family really took over to pick up the slap in raising each other david was really supportive and he also is a bit of a performer so he understood the pressure and I think I shared this with you before, midway through the show, I had an injury. I had like a disrupted tendon and a pulled hamstring and I was exhausted and I wanted to get home to my family. I mean, I had a baby at home and I was, I, I kind of could have tapped out because I had an injury. I, I, I was done. I just wanted to go back home. <laughs> I remember you telling me this. I yeah. wanted to go back to what's easy. And I was literally taking Epsom salt baths in the morning to get ready to go to rehearsal. I was coming home at night, like crying in the shower because I was in pain. I was hurting and I didn't have faith in my body. And David said to me, and he was amazing. I'll never forget it. He's like, you got to pull it together. Like what kind of message would that send to the kids? Like, you're not going to quit. Like, are you a quitter? So he was very supportive, obviously. He was supportive. But I had—I didn't know what it was like to train like an athlete. I didn't know what it was right. like to start and finish something. Because in life, you can tap out of anything. Of course. It's careers. a choice. You can change partners. You can give up. You can start again. You can be... I just... I didn't know what that was like. And he was like, you're not going to quit. Like, what? He wasn't even having it. Was this after <laughs> therapy right. or after the life coach or before the life coach? This was before. I mean, there was a whole series. People don't realize behind the scenes, there's a whole series of events that happen on Dancing with the Stars that will break you down. They will put your mind. They will tap into your insecurities. They will shake you. And if you're lucky, you push through the other side of those moments. If you don't, 
you get eliminated, you bow out, or you quit. And then you will always go back wondering what if. Yeah, it is a mind is what you're trying to say. And it's big time. It's really hard. I learned so much from the show, Cheryl. I learned um, how to visualize. I learned how to train like an athlete. I learned how to think like an athlete. I learned how to find faith in my body. I learned how to develop communication skills with your partner that you're struggling with. I learned how to face my fears. Um, And I learned how to win. And I know that everybody doesn't get that. Um, One of the greatest feelings was winning, but it was also completing an an experience and giving it my all, everything that I had. And that I was really proud of. Even if I didn't win, I was really proud of devoting back then. It was three weeks. I'm sorry, three months of my life. Definitely not three weeks. Yeah. Seven days a week. So I left that stint going, I can do anything. I can do stand-up comedy. Yeah. I can yeah. I can have four children doing four different things at the same time where I used to not think yeah. I can't drive you to dance and then you to football and then you because like how am I gonna do all that? I realized what it was what it was like to commit three months of my life and right. do it and do it well. And Change you had a newborn life. and you had a, ma- you had a marriage obviously, and you had yeah. a family and then you had to take care of yeah. your own mental health. And maybe you didn't get along with your partner straight from the get go, but you learned how to communicate, you know, like, and yeah. that's the beauty of it's more than a mirror ball. And I remember, I'll never forget you telling me this when I was at your house. Um, you were saying like dancing with the stars has affected my life to the point where like that was the major turning point like that is what brought me into the woman I am today and for the reasons you had just stated and so thank you for sharing all of this because this is such incredible insight for I mean I know it but like again because I've only been a part of it that's why I know it I'm so lucky that I was able to go the distance and it wasn't about the winning I was I'm lucky that I was able to face challenges and show up on the other side of them and learn, learn how to communicate, learn how to show up for a partner, learn how to show up for myself, learn how to just find faith in my own body and movement, learn how to quiet down the noise around me and be in a moment that scared the shit out of me. Before I let you go, I love you so much. Thank you. I can't thank you enough for first of all dancing with the stars for creating this bond between me and you because i have to say most of my or not most all of my friendships are through the show obviously yeah, so that's the true. one beautiful thing for sure that dancing has provided um and many others let me do rapid fire with you because this is just a this is what we do at the end of every interview it's okay. fun it's cheeky don't answer what you don't feel comfortable with are you ready i think so Name one of Derek Huff's strange quirks he would do during rehearsals. I can name one, but you have to do it. Uh, he, uh, oh God, you, uh, quirks. Um, I don't know, he would, he would make weird facial expressions. <laughs> okay. What was your first impression of Derek? Um, I just thought he was so young and green and safe. I had no idea he would be such a powerful badass choreographer. (laughs) What was your first impression of me? Of you? I thought you were a goddess. So (laughs) sensual. You lit it up here and then your body, like I used to watch your body movement, Cheryl, and try to like copy the way that you moved. It's true. I love you. Thank you. What was the most challenging part of being a celebrity on Dancing with the Stars? 
um, just knowing that the, that the world was watching and that you could completely Lies. screw it up. What was the most challenging part of being a host? I had I had was so connected to the to the energy and the feeling of the contestants that I internalized that because it brought me back to the ballroom. So I would actually feel their fear. I think that's positive, but challenging, and that I could feel everything. <laughs> you must have been exhausted after every show. Then, <laughs> yeah. What was? Who do you believe falls in love first on Dancing with the Stars? The celebrity or the pro dancer? The celebrity. <laughs> I was crushing on Derek for sure because it's Shut so up. No, no for sure. Oh my god, for sure. Oh, for Stop. sure. Sorry, Derek. But had I not been married, no, but that I, is oh. Derek would be flattered. Are you kidding? Listen, I'm I, shocked. I actually hoped we would have had a love affair because you're so like you're not oh a dancer. Oh my god! I know. Oh, I don't think Derek. I ever said that. Um, I say that with respect, but I, I just it's it's true because if you're not a dancer. <sighs> You're not used. Here, here's here's this is. Don't laugh, Cheryl. <laughs> no, I'm just laughing because I'm like, oh my god, Derek no. is gonna freak out. I, I He's gonna freak totally out in a good, no, in a good way. In a good way. He he I kept telling me how hot you were during your season. Anyway, go ahead. Go I ahead. Had an affair with Derek. But listen, let me tell you why. You are in intertwined with someone's body when you are not a dancer. There yeah, is no way that I have ever been so connected besides uh, with a lover or a husband than I was with Derek. And it's every single day. So for people listening for three months, you are in someone's arms. Why do you think people fall in love? You smell them. You feel them. You're breathing. Literally, you could trace their, you know what, their cojones on a piece of paper, probably. It can be more intimate than making love in a bedroom. You're like making love in the dance floor. If you're really connected, like if you have energy, you're doing this dance and you're in the rhythm. And then there's trust. Then you're sharing fear. You're doing something you've never done. How many times did you go through an experience for someone where you're count they're all you've got yeah no i know listen i know but it's so different for us pro dancers we're like okay great lose our number on to the next who's our next celebrity the celebrities you you never forget i've had one experience we've had a thousand i've had one experience (laughs) with one person like that life-changing I yeah. will have a so you you will have yeah. a life really oh my god <laughs> yeah. this is fascinating okay whoa this is the I best rapid fire up. ever um okay biggest fear well, we already talked about this now i have to talk about like okay well what surprised you the most um being a part of this whole experience dancing with the stars for the past eight seasons what surprised me the most being on it or being off it being on it like what surprised you about the cast, the crew, or like the um, show in, in itself? What surprised me the most is how freaking hard it really is to put together a dance and to pull it together and to step out there and be judged and perform. And in so many ways, I think an athlete knows it. They're clutch under pressure. They know how to do it. We don't know how to do it. So it's an absolute challenge on every level. If you had to compete on Dancing with the Stars again, which pro dancer would you want to fall in love with next or dance with next? Oh. I'm really setting myself up here. Um, we've got, okay, let me give you a list. We've got Gleb Artem. We've got Mark Ballas. We've got, you know, there's a lot of them to choose. Maxim Schmirkovsky, Val oh. Schmirkovsky. Oh God, Max could be so tough. I was going to say Max, but I think he might be meaner than Derek. And I say that with love. I, I love Max, but is Max's brother still on the show? 
Yeah, he is. You guys would be hot together. We'd be hot together. He smells like Old Spice, which yes. I love. I don't know if I want to um, alone though while we're dancing. Yeah. Sure. Oh, I, I demand my partners. They have to go back home and pick up cologne or go to the store if they don't walk in and smell like cologne. This is a must really? in my... Oh, oh, see, I absolutely. I want natural pheromones, no cologne. Okay, last couple of questions. Most embarrassing thing that happened to you when you danced with Derek? Uh, semifinals, forgetting the dance. It was the jive. It was horrific, humiliating, awful, terrible. It was like crickets. I just I forgot the dance. It was terrible, Cheryl. Oh, it was awful. Awful. What advice, last question, what advice do you have for um, the celebrities that are competing this season? Um, I would say really, really, really try to enjoy it and step out of your fear and I and and just like visualize because I was so terrified every dance. Go watch. Let me stop. This is what really helped me. Go watch pro dances, YouTube pro dances, so that you can see what the dance looks like and the shapes look like. That was a pivotal moment for me. So I studied the dance out, took myself out of it so that I, because we don't know what it looks like, right? So you're trying to learn something yet you don't know what it looks like. What is up for you now? Like what is going on in your life present? I mean, congratulations, you're getting married. There's so much happening to Brooke Burke today. Um, So feel free to take the stage here. Um, Thanks. Yeah, getting married as soon as I can pull it together and plan the wedding, but it's happening (laughs) in 2024. I'll help you. Thanks, Cheryl. I'm going to need you. I'm going to need you to help me with my dance. You can help Scott with his dance. Um, I just finished a new show that's going to air on the CW every Friday night. So it'll be a really fun family Friday. It's with Penn and Teller. It's called Fool Us. We air the end of October and we'll go for five months. I had such a blast on the show. Magic, family, live audience, wonder, surprise. Some of the greatest magicians in the world. Um, so I'm super excited about that and still choreographing content, working on Brook Brook Body, which is my wellness app. Definitely intentional wellness, retreats, meditation, yoga, fitness. Fitness is the easy part of it. And I'm probably most passionate right now about the transformation work that I'm doing with women, some men actually, but mostly women mm-hmm. in the retreat space. So I know you and I had an amazing experience here at Salt Creek. Amazing. Amazing. And I wish we could do a whole nother show based off that. Okay. And people can find you on at Brooke Burke and at Brooke Burke body, right? On Instagram. And all the info of everything I'm doing, live events, in-person retreats, everything is on brookeburke.com. So find me. I want to connect. I want to hear from you. And Cheryl, yes, we have so much to talk about. Cheryl and I are working on stuff, everyone. So um, thanks for having me on the show. It always brings me back. Thank you. It really brings me back to a special place. Yes, and thank you for for opening up and being so vulnerable yeah, as you always. are. I love you so much. We'll keep in touch. Love you too. Thank you again for bye, your time. Bye. bye. Love you. Thank you. Love you. Wow. Holy crap, holy. <laughs> yes, I just said that. Thank you so much to my friend and fellow co-star, Brooke Burke, I mean, for revealing and just being so vulnerable as she is. And this is why we're friends. Um, honestly, this was so amazing. I had a great conversation with her. Please don't forget to comment and follow us on Instagram on at sex, lies, and spray tans. Um, yeah, you're not going to want to miss this. It's only going to get better because you know why? Because it is Tom Bergeron. That's all I got to say. See you next time. 
Make sure you guys follow us at Sex, Lies, and Spray Tans on our Instagram handle and make sure you comment. Let me know who you want me to interview. What do y'all think? Let me know. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.